2: Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by a single 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 lot. lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right.
1: Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> Disciplining you
1: Amazing. in some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts.
0: <laughs> One, four, three, two,
1: one, begin! Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty soap. Celebrating 25 years
0: of radio excellence. Oh, it would be a blast if they were this loud, if they smelled this good. Armstrong and Getty, you are just so funny. <laughs> Armstrong
4: and Getty. Getty. Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio, the George Washington Broadcast Center,
0: Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now,
3: is Armstrong and Getty.
0: I trust him to be able to suggest that this is not about politics
4: but it is about an existential threat affecting Hawaii and the Southeast.
0: I don't think anybody can deny the impact of the
4: climate crisis anymore. The FEMA administrator not ready to go there.
0: You know, I'm not going to attribute the cause of the storm.
4: The whole look at that storm. Here's climate change for you. All right, there are always storms. Leave it alone. Do Do you understand you're hurting your your ability to persuade anybody of anything when you make idiotic arguments like every single thing that happens every single day is clear evidence of climate change people who are so dopey that they would fall for that non-scientific claim have already you've already got them
3: uh it's our 25 year anniversary that's what all that noise was at the beginning there all those clips from uh, over the 25 years and for some of you you're new to the show and you don't know it's been on that long i guess we're alerting you to the fact that we have been around for a while we're not we're not new to this thing and um uh i don't i don't know what our point is um i did there was a clip in there from uh what the mom from that 70s show and whenever oh, i hear right. those kind yeah. of because because back in the day we used to do that sort of thing on the show and and whenever I hear those, I think, "Oh, that's kind of nice. We should do those again." But then I remember every time we did one, I found it incredibly painful, and uh, just like uh, always, thinking, "Why are we doing this?" <laughs> yes, yeah, they they worked out poorly more often than uh, than well, yeah. But but it's nice to have the little uh,
4: the little clips where they say something about our show, I guess. Yeah, well, and we would, of course, at the close of a terrible interview, announce to the audience that was terrible. We wasted your time and ours. Man, that was awful. Here's the
3: uh, father from the 70s show talking to you guys. Okay. The reason that bad things happen
1: to Armstrong and Getty is not because they're unlucky. It's because they're dumbasses.
3: There you go. <laughs> yep. Harsh maybe words. We should, maybe we should go through it uh, later in the program. Our, our, our bank of uh, C-list or B-list celebrities <laughs> uh, mentioning our names. Yeah, wouldn't that
4: be fun? Hey. <laughs> Last hour we were discussing uh, some of the changes we've seen in in twenty five years, a quarter century of uh, of of doing this show. Um, and and one of the uh, you know worst of those trends, I think, has been that the the worship of the the looking to the federal government to solve all the ills of our lives has just grown and grown and grown and it's not only inappropriate and a little bit scary if you are a fan of representative government and our republican system it's it's counterproductive it's idiotic you're looking at the wrong to the wrong places and people to solve problems it's exactly the opposite of what ought to be happening and it annoys the heck out of me well, it's a
3: combination, though, of uh, a, a misdirected politics that's part of it, like you were just saying. It's also just became become our national soap opera. So the, we know the various characters involved. Instead of watching Days of Our Lives or whatever, we know who AOC and Marjorie Taylor Greene are and what they said and who's mad at who. So that's part
4: of it, too. Right, yeah, that's absolutely true, and I would also argue one of the reasons it troubles me so much is that power wants to accrue power, and, and the greatest you know umbrella of power is clearly Washington D.C. Um, and and it is uh, it is uh, utterly predictable that it would try to accrue more power to itself to the detriment of the people, and it's our job to resist that. And what frustrates me so much is I see we the people not only not resisting it, but actively, enthusiastically aiding it and abetting it, thinking you know if there's a a limb down in a street of North Carolina because a hurricane, what's its face, they, they want to call the president in the Oval Office right. to come get the branch out of their street, right? Or if they're you know they're pissed off at a neighbor, or they don't have enough to eat, or or the, the the farms need this, or the whatever. Just Washington. What's what DC going to do? What's Ron DeSantis going to do about the fact that our school buses' tires are worn out? It's just it's it's not only idiotic and unproductive. It's it's anti-American. Twenty-five years ago, when we started this, could have could have could a
3: minor first or second-term congressman. Like a minor by meaning like not the head of a major committee or something like that. Become a nearly household name? I don't think so. I don't think that was a thing 25 years
4: ago. Extraordinarily
3: rare. But now you can if you've got a Twitter account and you get on a cable news show
4: and say really inflammatory things.
3: I don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Or you're was...
4: super good looking. Sure. Or you're, su- or you're super good looking. Yeah, yeah. And as we discussed last hour, and then I'll launch into what I think was a, a brilliant piece of writing, but um, bah, 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 uh, dude, what were we discussing last hour? <laughs> oh, that's right. The decline in local coverage with the death of newspapers, the consolidation and, and huge shrinkage of local radio. Um, there's just so much less coverage of the city council and the county board and the state government and what it's up to. If people want to be involved in the politics of their time, what they get is federal politics. So, you know, I think it's partly on we the people. It's also partly on uh, technological and, and media change that has been almost entirely negative in terms of paying attention to local politics. Absolutely. Which is a damn shame, and and we've been talking about that on and off the air for a long time, and I have no idea what the solution is. Unless there is a demand for local and state political coverage, it will not exist. Yeah, I think about what
3: the newspaper was like 25 years ago when we started in the town where we broadcast from, the capital of California, and what that newspaper is like now. 25 years later. I mean, that's it's unbelievable, the change to newspapers in a quarter century.
4: And it seems kind of silly, but these are the things that a civilization are built on. These are the things that are built on. Indeed, that a civilization is built on. That's it. There's multiple. There's single. There built. is. I'm certain it is. Anyway. <laughs> The brilliant local journalism, and I've known some journalists in medium to large cities who are just terrific writers and really, really smart people, and their coverage, and their uncovering, or covering of scandal, and they're bringing to you the important issues, the al- alerting you who's running for the school board, all of that stuff, was powered in large measure by people who would pay $12 to put an ad in the paper to sell their snow tires. Classified advertising. Right. It was the big spread ads for the, the furniture stores, too, and that sort of thing. But um, it, it was the advertising that enabled the incredibly important to the Republic coverage to happen. And with the Internet and Craigslist and now Facebook, uh, who, who has lied and stolen systematically from advertisers to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars. And Go yeah, radio. I know they have lawyers, and those lawyers know I'm right. Um, they have contributed to the decay of the federal system. Accidentally, kind of, but it's one of those things. I, I don't know what to do about it. Even It's one of those ills you can recognize. It's like an avalanche. I see precisely what caused that avalanche, and I know exactly where that snow is going. And it's going to kill me. I just don't know what to do about it. Yeah, I don't know if
3: things will shake out over time, and there'll be newspaper, local newspapers will make a comeback, or like every town will have a website that's very profitable that will hire people to cover news. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know if that's possible to put together. I mean, this isn't politics, but just as an example. So, in a, uh, I don't know what you call the capital of California, a medium-sized city or a large city or whatever it is. Um, but the newspaper used to have a guy. Who made his full-time living writing about TV shows? We were, we were friends with him. He lived right right and, around the corner. And radio. Mm-hmm. He lived right around the corner from me. He had he owned a home. That's how he made his living writing about television shows. For the that went away a long time ago. The idea that you could make a living doing that in a newspaper now seems hilarious. In a metro area of over two million people, yeah. And uh, you know, same is true of covering the city council meeting or whatever else.
4: So, going to try to make you an activist on the topic of uh, localism in government. A great piece came across by Richard Ron Scamming Taxpayers with the Federal Government's Mission Creep. Going to hit you with a little of that when we come back. Yeah, and some people hit me
3: with uh, how to fit exercise into your life. I swore I'd get on the elliptical yesterday. It didn't happen. You lied! (laughs) I lied. I lied to myself, which is the worst lie of all. That and other stuff on the way. a lot of uh, flowery positive texts on this, our 25-year anniversary of doing talk radio, but also got beat up on one text for taking my kids to Burger King as it's near child abuse to take your kids to eat at a place like that. I suppose that is true for uh, some of you more health-conscious people that that's a pretty awful thing. I mean, because, you know, we all have our line. I look at, I see that regularly I'm in line at Starbucks and I'll see an overweight child with a milkshake in their hands at Starbucks and I think, God dang it, what are you doing? But, you know, I'm at Burger King, so. Yeah.
4: Yeah, well, uh, more on health and, and exercise and that sort of thing a little later on in the hour. I wanted to get to this by Richard Ron Washington Times scamming taxpayers with the federal government's mission creep. He mentions that the founding papas created a federal republic is the best form of government they could devise to protect persons and property and ensure liberty. What is the government there for? If you give can't answer that, to give you stuff that's correct. If you can't answer that question quickly and confidently, uh, that's too bad, but here's the answer. The government exists to protect my liberty, to protect your liberty, not to redistribute wealth or give you insurance or, you know... To fight other countries only in order to protect your liberty, which is an agreement on a disagreement on the right that often we have. All right. For instance, should we be backing Ukraine? Does that directly affect our liberty? It's a good discussion, but the government is there to protect your liberty. Ultimately, the federal government has evolved from the protector of the people to the biggest scammer. Ron writes, the founders were not naive about their fellow man. As Thomas Jefferson noted, there is a natural tendency for the government to grow at the expense of the liberties of the people. This has been known for hundreds of years. In an attempt to delay this process of decay, the federal government was given very few limited powers, with the remaining powers delegated to the states and to the people. Is there a more forgotten principle in the life of the American people, Jack, do you think, than that? No, and it clearly has morphed little by little
3: over time to where just the overall mindset is that the government is to solve all of societal ills. Uh, Your children, your marriage, your health, your and and certainly the somebody has more than that other
4: person. The government's got to fix that. Uh, Yeah. Equity. The government exists to ensure equity. And now it doesn't. So as a reflection of these limited powers, Ron writes, uh, George Washington organized his government in 1789 with only five principal officers, including himself. Uh, Jefferson was the Secretary of State, Hamilton, Secretary of the Treasury, Henry Knox, Secretary of War, later the Defense Department, better optics, you know, and Edmund Randolph was the Attorney General. This five distinguished and manageable group of cabinet officials has now grown to 25 people of cabinet rank, 15 of whom are department heads. And he asks, can the president recall the names and positions of all of these people, let alone manage them? Probably not. There is no good reason for many of these cabinet officials and departments. Much of what they do is misallocate taxpayer dollars to less productive and corrupt uses. A quick look at five of the recent cabinet departments created illustrates the problem. The Department of Housing and Urban Development was created in 1965 to reduce the blight of some of the inner cities. Where is the constitutional authority for such a department? Are not local officials better placed to assess and deal with local needs? Why should a homeowner in Orlando, Florida be subsidizing a renter in Baltimore, Maryland? Excellent question. Department of Transportation created in 1967. One of its functions is to oversee the operations of the FAA, which is required to maintain an efficient air traffic management system to minimize flight delays. Much of the time, the FAA does the opposite because of staffing problems and obsolete equipment and software. Some countries like Canada, wild, unknown Canada, have privatized their air traffic control systems with much better results. If you are a Canucker and you'd like to comment on that, does your system work pretty well? Uh, email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If you are not the d- dead from plane crashes... The Department of Energy was created in 1977 by President Jimmy Carter, who had totally bungled adequate energy production after the Gulf oil crisis, in part through the use of price controls, which resulted in endless weight to gas pumps. His solution, quote unquote, was the creation of the Department of Energy, which now has been used by the Biden administration to restrict the production of oil and gas through regulation, resulting in higher energy prices, which hurts the poorest among us. then the Department of Education also created during the Carter administration in 1979. For the first two centuries of the American Republic, education had been handled at the local and state levels of government, and most of it still is. Of course. Standardized test scores have been falling despite the Department of Education spending $70 billion or so of local money. Where do you think they get it? $70 billion or so per year to improve educational outcomes. Fortunately, the school choice movement is growing, enabling parents and students to escape the tyranny of government schools. Um, And then he says, by far and away, the biggest government scam is the Federal Reserve. And maybe we'll save that discussion for another time. But what really struck me about this this, uh, piece of writing was that a couple of giant departments started by Jimmy Carter in the 70s, are now seen as permanent and as immutable as Mount Everest itself or as the Pacific Ocean. Why? Couldn't it be they were a bad idea or they were a good idea at the time, no longer a, a good idea? Why is every single thing the federal government creates permanent till the end of time? Why, people, I'm asking you.
3: That is a depressing segment you just brought us. That's why I'm here. Necessary, (laughs) but depressing. It's impossible to imagine, as in I would bet you any amount of money that there's no turning the tide back on these things. And
4: if anybody proposes, hey, we really don't need a Department of Education anymore, they're treated like a maniac. Right, right, Like they're Che Guevara. They ought to be restrained. That's insane. It's been around since the 1970s.
1: More on that coming up. Armstrong Stay with
4: us. and Getty.
1: the Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: Mutinous soldiers claim to have seized power in Gabon and put the president under house arrest there. This happened just hours after Ali Bonga Ondimba was declared the winner in an election in Gabon, extending his family's 55-year-old year rule in that oil-rich Central African nation. He is calling on people to make noise and support him. The soldiers involved here are calling this a successful coup. There was a coup in Gabon. I couldn't find Gabon for uh, on a map. It's somewhere in Africa, but I, I don't know a thing about Gabon. But I thought that fit in with our previous discussion for lat, from last segment about governments. want to get to that in just a minute. Um, we're getting a lot of texts on this, our 25th anniversary of doing this here talk radio show, which is, I realize, depending on where you are listening around the country, whether it's San Francisco, where we've been on for 20 years, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, and I have, <laughs> Or uh, Springfield, Massachusetts, where we've been on for one week. Um, just letting you know, we've been doing this for 25 years. And um, it's, it's kind of interesting getting these conversations about uh where things are uh currently and then thinking about where they were 25 years ago when we started talking about a lot of these topics and you know some things haven't changed because human nature never changed but the media landscape has sure changed a lot in the 25 years that we've been on the air and as we've been talking about for the last couple hours the the more and more focus on the federal government as the way to solve any problem i mean Anything you can possibly imagine. Not having enough kids, marriage has gone bad, schools, roads, just no matter what you can think of, it's the federal government's job to do it, which is absolutely amazing. Meanwhile, they don't do the stuff they're supposed to do. Witness the border. But back to you. But since we were talking about this uh, last segment and Joe is going through the list of departments that shouldn't even probably be, probably shouldn't even exist, got started The last five departments created are all probably a waste of time and money and once you get one going it can't go away uh, i was listening to this great podcast with this english uh, government official and historian who wrote a book about how the uh, the brits uh, created uh, you know modern government and 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 personal freedom and all the sort of stuff that we're enjoying in the united states but the uh, the focus was the the original intent of our system was to safeguard against something like what's happening in Gabon right now. Really, the only thing that the government is supposed to do is make sure we don't fall into a monarchy or a dictatorship and that we can continue to be self-governed. That's pretty much it. End of the story. Mm -hmm. And uh, everything else that has grown since then is getting in the way of that. The government was not supposed to figure out, why does that guy have more money than that guy? That wasn't the role of the federal government. It was just to try to make sure we don't slip into a monarchy or or a dictatorship of some sort.
4: And it wasn't a close question. I mean, to even propose that would be seen as so astonishing and odd They would, they would assume that you had a mental incapacity. If you were to say the federal government's job is to make sure that uh, white guy in Mississippi has as much as that black guy in New Mexico has as much as that uh, Hispanic woman in Fargo, North Dakota.
2: Now, so I
3: can picture some of my lefty friends making the argument for the federal government on, on on that one. I would disagree with them, but let's let's use some even some much better examples that you can't argue against. Imagine the federal government, which again, the sole job really I mean the, the structure of our constitution and everything, really the sole idea is so we don't slip into not self-government where you got one person a king or a despot of some sort who who rules the country and you have no freedom. That's what we're trying to avoid. Imagine then coming up with a system where the federal government 3,000 miles away is going to have a role in what you eat every day, your diet. Are you kidding? How would
4: that possibly ever happen? That's crazy. I would agree. Yeah, good nutrition is important, but that's the last place to look for counsel or aid or whatever in, in good nutrition. And it it occurs to me, as we've talked about education several times, and the need for a federal Department of Education is non-existent. The justification that was given in the Carter era, you know, this is a little oversimplified, but this is the basis of it, was that, you know, you have states that have crappy educational systems and that to protect the rights of the citizens in those states, the federal government needs to step in and do something about it. Well, the problem is that test scores have have declined and declined and declined. Um, There's no evidence to show that the Federal Department of Education has done anybody any good. And the other thing that occurred to me as we were chatting just now was that It absolutely takes the pressure off of state and local authorities if they can say, yeah, the federal government's letting you people down at the local school board meeting or the governor can say that the governor can pretend like Uncle Sam is supposed to deal with the schools in Mississippi or Louisiana or whatever beleaguered state you want to take a a look at. It takes the pressure off of more local and regional officials to do their jobs fixing societal ills
3: what you eat the structure of your family what's being taught in your schoolroom that shouldn't that's not the job of that's not why we created a federal government right that would be so shocking to the founding fathers well actually it wouldn't be shocking Uh, Because that's what they they feared would happen, because that's what the reason we're the oldest, the world's oldest democracy is every other attempt to have a democracy has slid into having a Caesar or a king or a dictatorship of some sort. That's what they knew would happen over time. And that's the direction you end up going when the when the federal government starts to rule every aspect of your life and get away from its sole duty of just trying to protect your personal freedom.
4: And I guess if there's one impression I'd like to leave, and I hammered it last segment, but uh, forgive me. It's our 25th anniversary. Is that the assumption, almost a religious faith, that anything the federal government creates must be permanent and for all time. Where the hell did that notion come from? Point to anything in your own life that's permanent and immutable. Come on. Very, very few things ought to last forever. There's no such thing as
3: a system that can guarantee fairness and equality of outcome for
4: everybody. But that is what so many people demand out of our system. It's really well, it's fun. not only it's, it's worse than than you can't do it. it. That is the pretext for theft and graft. And, and the trampling on your rights, because it's and we've made this point many times, and I'm sure you get it at this point, that politicians would much, much, much rather have an issue than solve the issue. If they solve the issue, you don't need them anymore and you won't give them any more money or power. So keeping the issue out there is is what they want. And the issue of, hey, hey, of the three hundred forty million people in this country, some have more than others. If you convince people that that's a problem, that problem can never, ever go away in a million years. If God himself were to descend and and, and inhabit the Oval Office, it's an impossibility. It is the perpetual motion issue. That's why, especially on the left, people act like it's the government's job to do something about it. We got uh, so many
3: texts on this, our 25th anniversary, that are both uh, frightening and uh, and touching and all kinds of different things. More on that in just a second. Stay tuned to be frightened
4: and touched. <laughs> uh, a quick word from our friends at HelloFresh. They deliver delicious recipes to your door pre-portioned and everything. You just have to whip it up in the kitchen and you have fresh gourmet meals in in variety. It, uh, we love it so much Judy and I just and whether you're an empty nester or you got a house full of folks, they can take care of you. It's totally customizable to you. How about the fact that it's 25% cheaper than delivery? And even
3: less expensive than grocery shopping, plus you eliminate the time it takes to go to the grocery store and do that whole sort of thing. So if you're busy, this is just a better way to do it. Oh, and whoever was saying it's child abuse
4: for me to take the kids to Burger King, yeah, it's obviously a lot healthier. Take a look at the website. You can get 50% off right now if you use our code, plus free shipping. The code is 50Armstrong at HelloFresh.com slash 50Armstrong. One more time, that code is 50Armstrong. HelloFresh.com slash 50Armstrong. You can cancel if you want. You can suspend it for your vacations, whatever. 50Armstrong at HelloFresh.com slash 50Armstrong.
3: I don't think it's child abuse that I took my kids to Burger King because that's a, uh, you know, that's a fairly specific charge of a, some pretty awful things that can happen. But it's not good parenting, definitely, for to, for me to feed my kids Burger King food. I just, how uh, often yeah, I th- it factors into it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. How often is the key? Too often is my answer. Mm-hmm.
4: Plus, um, so we- plus, you've kind of given them a love of monarchy. Right back to the topic.
3: Right, exactly. They think, hey,
4: a, a king delivers delicious burgers like this. Maybe I ought to take a look at an all-powerful executive with no, answerable, uh, no answerability to the voters. So you're softening them to that sort of thing. Yeah, I
3: need some sort of constitutionally bound cheeseburgers. That's what I need. Uh, we always like these kind of texts, which are really designed to show our age. I remember listening to you in eighth grade. I'm about to celebrate my 40th birthday wow thanks for the years that is just wow that's crazy yeah uh it actually is it actually is hard to wrap my head around um but we got a bunch of uh uh, uh texts about various things that we've done over the years but somebody mentioned um, a segment we used to do years ago that i loved it went away because uh well for a variety of reasons the internet ruined it among uh, internet ruined everything really that's yep. been, that, Un- unplug it <laughs> But we used to do this segment every Friday called "Misconnections" because there was this local <laughs> newspaper rag that had in the back of it um, a segment called "Misconnections," and this was the only place you could do it because the internet wouldn't. The internet existed twenty-five years ago, but not everybody was on it all the time, and it wasn't the only way you communicated with people. Anyway, the misconnections segment was basically, "Hey." You and I were both at the Safeway on 4th Street last Thursday afternoon at 2 o'clock. I said, hey, how you doing? And it just seemed like maybe you were kind of interested. Would you like to meet up for coffee sometime? <laughs> oh, and this yeah. is the music
4: we use for Right. I saw you on the Crosstown bus Thursday at 4. We smiled at each other, and I should have asked you out, but I wasn't brave enough. Contact me.
1: <laughs> and it always just
3: seemed so sad and so oh. desperate oh and the idea that somebody cuz i don't know how long it took to write to the newspaper and then the, them to get it in the issue but so you'd been spending the last week or month thinking about that glance you got from some chick at the at the coffee shop and maybe yeah. she's the one <laughs> if only she reads this she's going to You'd have your phone number in there, right? And, uh, yeah. oh boy,
1: <laughs> it's rough.
3: Missed connections. I was wearing a, a flip flops and a white t shirt, and you said you liked my watch. I wondered
4: if you're single. Oof, oof, oh, my indeed. God. Painful, son, madam. Just next time you're in that position, say hey, say we ought to get some coffee. I've been rejected plenty of times. You'll get over it. <laughs> Although
3: I have, I, I've, I've never like written a newspaper and putting a line in there, but I've had, I've had that happen before and thought, why didn't you say something? I mean, you, you exchanged a couple of words and you know, you know, you, she, she, she looked good. She seemed to think you were funny. Why not? What's the, what's the harm in saying, Hey, you want to go get coffee sometime if they say, oh, I'm married, you creepo. And then they mace you in the face. Well, you just, you know, you go wash your eyes out in the restroom and you
4: stumble out to your car. So she's an axe murderer, a stalker. (laughs) What are the chances? One in five? Eh, It'll be fine. You know, I've. uh, Yeah. Well, we need to take a break. There's no need to go further down this road. It's depressing me. Those were good times,
3: though. 25 years ago on the Armstrong (laughs) and Getty Show. More on the way.
0: Armstrong and Getty. At the Jewels on Lake store in Pasadena, destruction was everywhere. The jewelry display cases were violently shattered by masked robbers, armed with hammers and pepper spray. Store owner and jewelry designer, Samuel Babikian, was just finishing up with a client at 2 p.m. Police arrived quickly, but the damage was done. In a matter of two minutes, the high-end jewelry store was left in shambles. The owner estimates his loss to be at least a half a million dollars in jewelry.
2: This is my business for 48 years. This is what I did, and I don't know what my future holds.
3: Uh, Yeah, actually, uh, Katie, I I want him. That's what I want out of that story. That was the touching part to me, was that store owner who breaks down. He's been running that jewelry store there for almost a half a century. It's his livelihood. It's all. It's, it's it's how he raised his family. It's how he made his way through life. And a bunch of people run in in two minutes and steal everything. And he, he doesn't know how he's going to go forward. And he probably doesn't know if he wants to be. And on on a street in Pasadena that I happen to know that is like you would never think there's going to be crime there. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. not that kind of neighborhood. Smash and grabs, man, because you made crime
4: seem okay saw the map a couple of days ago of the L.A. metro area and all of the major smash-and-grab robberies. And looking at that map, and it was just over the course of, I think it was the last three weeks, roughly. And uh, looking at that map, what was clear was the word has gotten out. Lawlessness is now permissible in L.A., among other places. And anybody who would perpetrate lawlessness, except for fear of punishment, Has now gotten word, you will not be punished. Go wild. And they have.
3: Horrifying. Civilization. Bye-bye. Different topic. I wanted to get this on because I just find it so rich as a guy who's been living in California for a long time, which every aspect of life has been affected by unplanned immigration call it that like no there were no there were no conversations or votes on how many people from where should we let in to what part of the state and how are we going to handle it at the emergency room or the school or the DMV there's no conversation about that you just let However many thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of people come in and whatever happens, whatever happens. Now that it's happening in northeastern cities that we're sanctuary cities, we believe there's no such thing as an illegal human being. We're open to everyone as long as they don't actually get here. The headline, New York City scrambles as hundreds more migrant kids enroll in school days before classes return. So New York is going to school later than they have around where I live because my kids have been in school for two weeks. The Big Apple is scrambling to get up to speed for the first day of school next week with 500 new migrant kids enrolled for the first time and a a possible school bus strike looming. Oh, 500. Wow. So in the nation's biggest school district, the biggest city in America, 500 kids are roiling the whole system how are we possibly going to deal with this it's, it's it says here a lot of them don't speak english and they're not what? sure how they're gonna watch
4: them because the got- idea that they cannot absorb 500 kids because that is so disruptive to education we can't teach them there's not room for them this is a disaster the rest of america is can't decide whether to laugh or cry at you people Good gracious. You know, the greatest threat to our career was over this very topic. We'll talk about that next hour. Yeah, we should talk about
3: that because it's still an interesting subject. It it almost leaves me speechless. Are you kidding me? So you're actually going to write write with a straight face that... Many of the principals and teachers don't speak Spanish. Oh, yeah, that would be a problem. That would be a problem. You got a whole bunch of kids show up there, don't speak a word of English, and in theory, you're going to educate them. How are you going to educate the other kids while you're trying to teach this kid how to speak English? That is a problem. But it's been a problem for decades
4: at schools that have been devastated and nobody gave a crap. Well, worse than that, you all have been looking at us and saying, you're racists. Shut up. As we have been trying as eloquently and as straightforwardly as possible to say, it's simply a question of logistics. And it is brutally difficult and expensive to manage this. And then they, they haven't called us racists. And then... Fools, now suddenly they're wailing out and tearing their garments over how difficult this is. I swear my my first response is a two-word one, and it rhymes with uh, duck poo. <laughs> I almost want to go
3: to their school board meeting and stand up and say, We're a nation of immigrants. Haven't you read the Statue of Liberty? Diversity is our strength and all the other platitudes. Build bridges, <laughs> not walls. All the other crap platitudes that have been yelled at those of us who've been complaining about schools and emergency rooms for the past
4: 25 years. You hypocritical. All right, I shouldn't go there either. I'm sorry, folks. (laughs) Oh, man. Armstrong and Getty. Every day, you breathe in
3: thousands of microscopic germs, allergens, and viruses. Don't let these invisible invaders make breathing through your nose impossible. Flush them out with Navage. Navaj uses powered suction to pull saline in one nostril, around the back of the nose, and out the other nostril, helping flush out all the nasty things that make you miserable. Nearly 4 million people use Navaj to breathe better, snore less, and feel healthier. People like Cindy, a verified Navaj user who writes, I've had such awful nasal congestion for the last couple years. I bought Navaj and OMG, I can breathe again. I love
4: Even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by loss. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Are you still searching for your perfect
3: place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move in ready and